What's going on, guys? We're here, Kino, coming to you live and literally direct right here in Scottsdale. We're in Westworld. It's uh, day three of Barrett Jackson. It's my first day here. Jeff Sutton's hanging out with me. Preston Miles is hanging out with me. I'm going to go ahead and have Jeff come in in just a second. What's up, brother? Hey, how's it going? Dude, I'm doing great. It's so great to see you. Um, and thank you for hanging out with me. I was literally, I, I got media credentials for the first time. I was like, I have no idea who the hell I'm going to hang out with. I was like, yo, Jeff, are you here? I was here like, yes. So I've been, I've been tagging along with you. Preston's here. What's up, brother? How's it going? Doing great. So now tell the people what you're up to. Oh, what I'm up to. Yeah. Well, I'm at Bear Jackson, obviously. Yeah. Enjoying the week. I uh, just am here with Jeff, linking up with friends, talking cars, enjoying life. Awesome. It's my life. That's it. Your life is just surrounded by all cars and all that good stuff. Yes. Yes, okay. it is. Nice. All the time. Jeff, uh, you have been, what, what's Barrett-Jackson Day? Is this for you again? Um, well, it depends on how you look at it. Okay. I uh, was here for Saturday, but technically the weekend, right, is the family weekend. And this is the first day of auctions, I guess. So this yeah. is when it gets interesting watching the results and seeing the cars move around and for such. Sure. So we've walked, we took like maybe like 15 minutes to kind of walk around. We made it all the way back. Um, and again, we're in the middle of the floor right now. We are trying to get the best audio possible. Um, I think we've succeeded at that. But if you hear random people talking, it's because we're in the middle of the floor. So we apologize in advance. That being said, uh, we walked around. We saw the 918 that you just did a video on recently. Um, other than the 918, what do you have your eyes on just for craps and giggles? Oh, boy. Uh, that's tough. I mean, there's always so many different cars that show up to the various events. I personally actually like a lot of the cup competitors that show up as well. Some of those were actually uh, builds that were featured at SEMA. And so it's almost like seeing familiar faces, you know, aside from actual people to put it into a car's perspective. And so getting to see a lot of those are very cool. And, you know, the cup also serves as a way for some of those cars to get their awards that'll allow them to get into later events down the line like SEMA. So there's a very well good chance you can see some of those cars make their way to SEMA. And then here's a Corvette that's moving somewhere. Let's see. We got a uh, C1, C1 generation, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, new wheel, much better wheels than the one that we saw earlier. Press, so Preston just said new wheels. We were walking around what was, a, I believe, a C1 convertible, and it had uh, C6, not even Grand, not Grand Sport wheels, just C6 Z51 base wheels, and it looked like utter trash. I don't like modern wheels on older cars. It doesn't work. It usually doesn't work. Yeah. I can't think of an yeah. example where it works. It seems to be like a Corvette thing exclusively where they always buy the next generation or further of wheels and then throw it on the old car. And I get it because some of those are like engine swaps, right? So you're like, if you're borrowing an LT4, you're like, great, I'm going to go get Z06 wheels or whatever and throw it on there. I get the theme, but boy, does it not ever work. I don't think it's ever worked. No. I, like I, What is it? The, um, the people who do the C5 um, conversions... That there's like a C5 chassis, and then they'll go ahead and like put like a C. Ex not a fan, dude. Um, so those cars are fairly cool, and I think they have some hit and misses. Some yeah. some of them are better than others <laughs> um, in terms of which generation Corvette they do. But like you know, the basic premise of it's pretty cool because they right. do carbon fiber bodies, sure. and so the basic of it is pretty cool. But some of those cars, I think. The, the worst defender, at least from what I've seen on the internet, is probably the C2 Corvette. Mm -hmm. I posted one of those, and I don't think I've seen more upset people on any uh, custom build in my <laughs> life than the C2. You know, the, the, it was a C5 base, I believe, right. and just people didn't like the round windshield with the you know sharp razorback of the C2 Corvette. Yeah. 
So it's rough. It's a tough pill to swallow. It's a, it's an, they just don't always fuse that well together because, and the thing is the Corvette is such an interesting car uh, as opposed to the 911 because the 911 has maintained its shape. And although Corvette for the most part did that from C1 to at least C7, it, the Corvette got more angular and rigid as time went on. And so like, it just doesn't, it doesn't hit as well as it should. Right, Preston? I agree. Yeah, no, I like the shape of it. And honestly, the C7, I think, is the last good shape of the Corvette. The C8 was just a radical change. Yeah, I mean, they, they changed the whole chassis, the engines in the rear now. The C7, I think, is the last true muscle Corvette. You know, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of cool things to be said about the C7 Corvette. But then looking back at it, you could argue that the Corvette almost made that change earlier. So, like, a lot of people don't know this. There was actually a prototype Corvette that had two engines in it. A 350 in the front and a 350 in the rear. And then there were other, obviously, everybody talks about the mid-engine prototype with the Zora builds, but, like, Chevy had already played around with it. It just so happened that it always stayed front engine. And, I mean, it was an engineering limit, right? Literally, the ZR1, the 2019 ZR1, the engineers were like, yeah, so we're so far forward with this car that, like, anything over would just be too much. And this this is the best we can do with this layout and so it was time to move forward even though the c8 corvette got sort of lukewarm hits because the people didn't feel like the 495 horsepower was necessarily enough for the mid-engine layout which is funny because i mean 495 and a c8 like i mean we 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 know the numbers by now 28 to 60 it's running a, a a high 10 in the quarter even though at the trap speed isn't that high but it's still quick i mean 195 miles an hour like it's not a supercar but it's doing supercar numbers it's it's i don't know it's the c8 i feel like the c8 did its job because i think that the c8 had a very important assignment and it was to go ahead and get people like our age whether it's their early 30s to mid to late 20s to really jump back into corvette who didn't like corvette originally you know unless you really grew up in it and there's a lot of people like that and that's great and so like i i give credit to people like amelia hartford who jumped deep into c8 made the fastest c8 on the planet then she got a z06 and now she's built this amazing relationship with general motors and whatnot and i think that's helped the brand but i do think that there's also a there's the enthusiast that doesn't believe that the corvette's ever going to be a supercar and then there's the corvette enthusiast that hates the fact that they went into a mid-engine layout if you know what i mean yeah no absolutely and you know that that part's always crazy to me because obviously things have to adapt and a lot of manufacturers are always afraid to rock the boat for a lot of those types of vehicles because um, really the corvette's basically been in continuous production with the one exception of uh, correct, 83, because 82 was the last year of the C3 and then the 80, 84 C4 Corvette, um, which, you know, it's it's one of those cars that they had to change it at one point, and I think the engineers actually nailed it. Um, you could have your own opinions on whether you, what you think of GM, but there's a lot of good things that went into the Corvette, and I think it... it, it I don't think they could have done any better, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I know that some of the renderings and some of the stylings, people offer alternative stylings to it, but I, th- I think it's great. All the... All the people mistaking it for a Ferrari, I think, is all genuine. <laughs> sure. So I, I mean, think they nailed it. Every once in a while, whenever a, whenever a uh, manufacturer that is not always necessarily known for all their looks. I mean, like, Corvette's always been a stylish car. We've known that for, like, the last 60-plus years. But then Corvette's not Ferrari. And so when your C8 gets confused for what they were basically putting it, uh, not putting against, but they used as a um, as the model to, to build their own new enthusiast base... And for it to be, like, compared to a Ferrari, that's a win. 
Oh, I agree. And I mean, look, I'm not the biggest C8 fan out there, but you have to appreciate how well Chevy can set up a chassis. Yeah. That car is incredible. Even though I don't like it, it's incredible. And they don't just set up a good chassis in that car. Also, the Wenalese and the Camaros, fantastic chassis. Yep. That th- I think the SS Wenalese outperformed the 450 Italia on some courses. That is incredible. And the ZL1. And the ZL1. That's an incredible chassis. They know how to set up a great sports car, which is why I would go Camaro over Mustang every day. You know, I, I kind of agree with, uh, and I'll give credit, I guess, to Throttle House in this argument. I think that the Mustang and the Camaro actually need to combined forces I I, I don't I think they both have stuff to offer that the other car doesn't I think the Camaro is the superior platform but I think the Ford Mustang has a lot more going for it in the overall heritage well I think what I would uh, what what I would love and this is why I think we love the Z28 from the fifth gen is an LT or an LS that revs above seven and the Mustang's been doing that since 2011 right the Coyote's been revving to like seven grand and now I mean, uh, on a nor- I think S650 revs to like 7500. 7500 is the red line. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I would love to see a Camaro GT. I would love to see a Mustang Super Sport. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. But so, but that being said, so we're in a little bit of a row here where like there's some cool shit, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, we've got ourselves an A80 Mark IV Supra, even though it's got a four-speed NA2JZ, but like. I think 89,000 original miles, one owner car. It's got the sticker on it from when it was sold back in the early 90s. I saw 33,263 is what it sold for. Like, I would, I, would, I would give my right arm to buy an A80 Mark IV Super for that price. What do you think? Um, I think this is actually a good point to point out to everybody that didn't know that the Supra actually didn't come with 1,000 horsepower from the factory. <laughs> I think this is a good point to clarify that. Uh, just let everybody know. <laughs> you mean it doesn't have a big single right now from factory? <laughs> yeah, no. It turns out they did not all come making a thousand horsepower faster than every Ferrari and Lamborghini out there. I mean, it's a cool car. Um, uh, yeah, coupe actually. No, no wing. Um, honestly, dude, super great cruiser. I think it would be as a as a as a person who used to own a Z thirty two three hundred ZX. I had a uh, NA, and mine was a four speed automatic as well. Um, this would be an even better Grand Tour because it's got a longer wheelbase. Um, it's got more torque. Um, just a cool, just I think this is an exceptional car um, for that person who wants to just buy themselves a car that they don't want to cut up. For the love of God, if you buy the Supra, don't cut it up, right, Jeff? Yeah, no, uh, cut it up and put a six-speed in it. Wide <laughs> body and baguettes, please. <laughs> Somebody call Alex Royce from Hennessy right now. We've got a perfect super build for him right here. Uh, let's see, we got uh, F12 right over here. We got a convertible Chevelle Super Sport. Excellent stuff. Uh, is this a CT4 or a CT5? CT5 V Blackwood. Oh my God! Wait, Except, wait. wait, hold on, we're checking. Uh, it's an automatic. It's an automatic. It's not the manual. Does that bother you? Uh, No, because this car um, is actually phenomenal on the track. This is probably one of the most planted sedans I've ever written in. Yep. And uh, I was thoroughly impressed with the car. Like, you know, you get in a lot of cars these days, and even cars that are supposed to be performance cars still have a lot of body roll in them, even modern cars. And this thing was unbelievably rigid. Um, I'd hate to be in the uh, track modes on the freeway. Sure. Um, But, God, it's an impressive car. It is. Now, you said you did want a six-speed, Preston. What's up? Talk to the people. Where else can you get a modern-day V8 supercharged manual sedan? That is incredible. I didn't think I was old enough to own a Cadillac, but now I want a Cadillac. Well, 
you know what the real problem is with the six-speed manual on the on the CT5 Blackwing? It's too good. No, no, no. <laughs> the gearing is insanely long. I think first gear tops out at 58, 59 miles per That's, hour. Yeah. So in theory, the zero to 60 time could have been slightly faster had they just adjusted the gearing. Yeah. But from a driving perspective, what's the point? Right. Because anytime you're getting on it, you will it be right over the okay. speed limit. <laughs> Look, zero to 60s don't matter. Everyone needs to stop getting excited okay. because everything sure. is so... My car does it in 3-2. And so, it's like, it, just, it right. just goes. And I talked about how they could have adjusted it and proved the 0-60 to 60 time, which is a paper stat, okay? And not actually that important in the grand scheme of driving. But the gearing should have been adjusted for, for driving. And it would have given it a worse 0-60 to 60 time. Right. But okay. then it would feel better on the road. The one thing that I'll say is I think you, you both have excellent points. However... Um, we were talking about the Lucid Air earlier this afternoon. We were talking about 720S. And now we kind of have this thing with the CT5V Blackwing. Anybody, any of the three of us, if we had the money, we can go ahead and go into a Cadillac showroom right now. We don't even have to order it. They're going to have them on the lot, right? And I'm sorry, anybody with money who may not be a very good driver, if you give them shortened gears in a CT5V Blackwing, that is a Cars and Coffee Mustang moment <laughs> waiting to happen times two. Um, you know, I, I would like to think, because uh, Cadillac is actually, they're giving out the, uh, the drives now. So sure. when you're buying the Cadillac, you now get to go out to the, uh, the Test School in Las Vegas that I'm spacing the name of uh, that does a lot of GM is stuff. Is Bondurant? No, no, no. no Bondurant's here. here in Phoenix. Um, I'm forgetting Vegas, because uh, they also do it for the Corvette. No, no, no. no. It's a totally different racing school. Um, but they give out rides now. So when you buy the, the CTV cars and stuff like that, you'll get to go out there. So I'd like to think they'll add some talent to some of the drivers of <laughs> well, these cars. The buyers of these cars aren't the children of the guy buying. They're the, the children aren't buying the car. It's the father. So when the kid steals the car from the father for the car show, he didn't go through that driving school. Yeah, so, so I think some people would argue the current demographic for Cadillac is actually the grandfather um, is who's buying Cadillacs. Yeah. <laughs> And then the father or maybe grandson and then taking it for a spin. (laughs) So so that's a really great point because, you know, you and uh, the three of us are old enough to remember when Cadillac brought out the first gen CTSV, which was uh, the LS2 with the six liter. And then, of course, the iconic second gen CTSV with, you know, four door or the two door coupe and then the wagon, which is like. The biggest big dick energy in the history of the planet, um, especially if you got a six-speed. But if you got a six-speed auto, you're still a G. Um, even those cars, as much as the three of us may like them, and I think there's a certain demographic of us that do, I think Cadillac for the last 20 years has been trying to go ahead and get to that younger buyer. And yet it only goes to, like, the only people that are attracted to it are those that are in their 60s and higher. And now they make this incredible machine, and it's only going to be in production, like, what, maybe one, two years. And then they're going to, like, Cadillac's going to move to electric. And then we get mad saying, oh, Caddy never gave us the stuff. But they did. We just didn't buy them. Yeah, and, you know... Certain brands can argue certain things align better. Um, I think it's always kind of been a weird spot because, you know, GM's always had an issue with regulating their performance cars because nothing's allowed to be better than the Corvette. And so ultimately that's what it boils down to. And so certain cars have always been held back and therefore that might make it not being quite as great, right? Versus you might look at something like the Ford Mustang and you go, wow, look at the GT500. Why don't I have anything quite like that from you know, the Camaro. Why does that not exist? Why does the ZL1 make 650 horse and it's more track-oriented than the GT500 with 760? Right. And so they're kind of almost 
self-limited by the Corvette. Yeah. It's a uh, Cayman syndrome, right? Oh, Cayman syndrome, 100%. Yeah. Oh, great car. But everyone that has a Cayman secretly wants a 911. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, I don't think that's true. I think the GT4 uh, did a lot for the Cayman. And so uh, I believe there were a few records where people were setting faster times with GT4 Caymans. Yes, but but fundamentally the Cayman was neutered by Porsche on purpose. Yes. Oh, because absolutely. you can't make it as good as the 911. Yes. You can't. Yeah. Yep. Even though it's mid-engine, better weight distribution. Yes. Okay. It, just... it can be better, better than the 911. It would be if they put more energy into it, but they can't. But mid-engine is fundamentally better than rear, 100%. Sure. I, but see, Porsche's problem is a little bit unique because everything they build is a performance vehicle, right? Even sure. the Cayenne and Macan are, technically. And so, Cayenne, like, even. yeah, so everything is technically a performance vehicle from them. So you just have different tiers as opposed to GM, even if it's the fastest Cadillac, it's not going to be the Corvette. Right. I mean, I mean, Escalade V. Escalade V is a muscle truck, mm. for lack of a better term. Um, nobody's ever going to go ahead and try and, I don't know, outrun a Corvette. I mean, stupid people might try to outrun a Corvette. They might actually succeed if, they, if they've got enough room, but... Yeah, they could take a C4, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, but, you know, the, the Escalade V is hilarious. Right. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It's a fantastic dumb automobile uh, so you know I'm sure a lot of people are happy that it exists but it's not gonna like scratch that itch the way a, a proper performance car sure. would let's say but it's hilarious that it yeah. exists listen I, I'm the biggest fan of the Durango Hellcat ever I think you know that and uh, Cherokee Trackhawks are like the tits but I recognize the fact that I don't think that I want one more than a Charger Red Eye or a Challenger Red Eye actually I take that back no, me being a family man, I would buy Durango Hellcat and I would enjoy the hell out of it. I'm just saying, maybe that's just yeah. me. Well, I think you're perfectly entitled to that because you could all-wheel drive. Yeah. And sure, there's the cop version of the, the Charger, right, that has the all-wheel drive and came with a Hemi and stuff like that. Still a dog. Um, yeah, well, there's actually well, a really cool company. I'm so sad I can't remember their name off the top of my head. There was a company at SEMA this year, um, 2023, not 2024, yeah. obviously. But uh, they they it's have a kit. The future, Jeff? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 have a kit that actually uh, throws the Hellcat Supercharger on the 5.7 oh, cool. that would have come in the the Sheriff versions sure. of the all-wheel drive Chargers. Nice. So now they're making 600 something horsepower with oh. all-wheel drive, and so I bet that would actually beat the Durango. Sure. Versus previously, right? You watch those quarter mile runs. The Durangos and Trackhawks are keeping up with these lighter cars yep. just because they're all-wheel drive. Yep. So basically what we're thinking is that the Arkansas State Police, who is like the most intense highway patrol in the nation, they're getting the chargers with the superchargers. And if you're driving in an M3 on the I-10, you're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. hey, if they ever want to sell one of those chargers, I'm available. And I hope they can hit me up. I would love to buy one. Hey, the police auctions are coming. Just wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Well, first of all, it's been so much fun. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and keep. We're going to do like mini episodes here during Barrett. But um, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here in just a second. Um, Preston. We obviously saw the 918. Jeff drove it. Jeff's the man. Shout out to you, bro. Yep, what it. did you see out there that when we were walking over here, or like, I mean, we saw that C2 outside when we were chilling out there. What's been it, the car that you saw? Mm, that looks sexy as all hell. I'm a Porsche guy through and through. Right. So there is a gorgeous yellow CGT sitting out front. I, I have to say it. I know every. I know LFA is right there. You have the 918. Two I love LFAs. the 982 LFA. Yeah. One Nurburgring. Right. I love the 918, but the CGT. I know everyone says it. Oh, the CGT. I, I have to say it. It's a V10. It's manual. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And it's a Porsche. Yeah. 
and Paul Walker, of course, and, and uh, Roger, um, Roger Rodas, yes. Um, well, dude, it's been fun. Thank you both so much. Uh, I owe Jeff this better quality, so I pray to God that this worked out as best as I could. Um, but we're going to go ahead and be bringing you more action here. I sound like a guy that's on Speed Channel or on History. We're going to be bringing you more action here from Scottsdale. Stay tuned. I'm just kidding. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back soon. On behalf of Preston, on behalf of good old Jalopy Jeff, which, by the way, you can find at its underscore jalopy underscore jeff preston where can they find you on social media bro uh my socials instagram is p underscore miles underscore fantastic thank you guys both so much for your time and we'll be back soon with another interview fear from barrett jackson peace okay real quick we're back because i'm sure that most of you guys have all seen on social media by now this crazy late 70s 911 rsr build with an ls3 which isn't that, that's not the problem. I'm, for those Porsche enthusiasts that are out there, I don't mind that this Porsche has an LS3, this 911 with an LS3. This interior is something to behold here. Jeff, what are we thinking, bro? Um, so I personally like the interior. It is way too heavy on the Porsche badge side, though. It's a very old man spec. I would say it's like the vintage era. I would assume the car was built, God, maybe early 2000s. Yeah. But Preston? I guess 997 Tellites, so sure. it's got to be later. Sure. I'm kind of certain Jeff forgot his glasses at home. <laughs> However, <laughs> here's what I will say about yeah. this build. I appreciate the amount of time and effort it took to put this together because there are so many subtle nods oh. in this car. Little Porsche scripting through the paint, which we'll get to that how many Porsche badges are on the car itself. But the amount... The, 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 it's like painted into it and yeah. it's it's so subtle the way the badging is set into the actual bodywork they raised it mm -hmm. the attention to detail is sublime it's amazing yeah. there's money into this car for sure all this yeah. stuff is not cheap to do let alone anybody who owns a porsche if you've ever tried to buy a porsche badge that alone is like a 100 bucks minimum yeah. oh yeah those so. badges are about a, i think they are because i look for my cayman I, yeah, they're about 100 yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and Preston, you and I were talking really quickly the fact that the amount of fabrication that's got to ha that should have gone into this car because the rear end is elongated by qu like several inches. I'm I would say in order because again, it's got an LS3. Um, it's got a it doesn't have a Tremec six speed. I think it's got a what I don't know what might be a Getrag six speed. Not not one hundred percent certain. But. Um. Yeah. Didn't didn't really look. Yeah. Um. But it's uh certainly an interesting layout because of where the engine is so sure. odds are the transax the transmission's actually sitting backwards right now Probably. and then they're so routing it up through the front so yeah. but it's still not quite long enough i would assume to get the linkages up there so you're still going to have things like the transaxle cars would have you're yeah. still going to have a lot of the cables and things like that to get it up to the actual transmission question for preston because i like you look at the frunk there is they 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 said no no frunk literally it's just like this leather patch that i'm just like i mean it's a 911 it should have at least some room what do you think i i like the fact that you don't see a build like this every day okay. the amount of time it took to do this now yeah taking the front space away kind of stinks because the usability is out but also i don't think you want to drive this car on a daily basis true. this is probably a weekend car let's go to the show let's drive it home let's park it let's let it look pretty in the garage sure. that's about as far as i would take this well you know what what comes to mind actually so for anybody that's ever driven a 911 they have a very unique characteristic where when under load throwing it into a corner the rear end actually comes out quite a bit because right. of the rear engine cars with how far back this LS is, 
I think it would be low-key terrifying to check this into a turn because it's even heavier now sure. in the back. And this is sitting – This I think the entire motor is actually sitting behind the rear axle. Um, yeah. So yep. that would be terrifying. I'm curious the weight difference between the flat six versus this massive lump of motor. Yeah. But the funny thing is that the LS3s, and, I, and we've talked about this before, LS3s are quite light for what they are. So I am curious to know – like I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. Even though it's so far back and it's so much power, because it's an enormous amount of power, this thing is at least making 400 to the wheels, probably, maybe, or and if not 400 to the crank in a car that weighs less than 3,000 pounds. But, like, I'm wondering, even though the size difference, whether or not that weight difference isn't as much as we think it is. I don't know. You might be onto something there, but I, I think the power to weight ratio would be improved heavily with this motor setup. Yeah. And yeah, I think it would be a little bit of a handful to drive, but you know, you, who needs traction control? Well, the good news is with the widened fenders in this massive wing, they've added a ton of drag. Sure. So I don't think they're really doing themselves a whole lot of favor there yeah. uh, in terms of the overall acceleration characteristics of the car. But it's a cool build. Sure. I'll say that. If you could... If you could think of one thing you would change personally, one thing to make this a better build. I have one thing that I would do. I'll tell you in a second, but I want to hear you guys with both options first. I would get rid of at least 25 of the Porsche badges. Okay. (laughs) I do agree. Excessive Porsche badges. Um, Okay. First off, which we both agree upon, is the interior color. It is horrendous. It is like a football in there. It's disgusting. That that needs to go right off the bat. I don't like the 997 style clear taillights on the rear. I don't like the exhaust tips. I don't like the diffuser. Uh, The list goes on. But fundamentally, the car is built very well. I can't complain. I I agree on the the tailpipes. I would would have done a center exit exhaust, actually. I don't mind the diffuser that much. I think the diffuser. I think the diffuser is actually necessary, considering what we just talked about. But if they could have found a way, or actually, not even a center exhaust, maybe just like exhaust, like underneath, right? Like an old, like a kind of like an old school Gran Torino race car, where the exhausts like weren't even like center exit, but they were like side pipe, but like still like underneath the car. You know what I mean, Jeff? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, even to your point about the center exit exhaust section, looking at the motor here, that's got to be a custom uh, exhaust manifold uh-huh. uh, because the clearance there uh, and just the, the, the distance is so tough. short that, yeah, yeah. You, you know, they're very limited options. You almost could have been really funny to have it exit through the top of the, the rear deck lid. <laughs> With the extended rear end, this is kind of giving me 928 vibes in a, in a sense. No. With the roundness. It is. Look at the You're roundness of it. The fishbowl Porsche. Well, portions of it. I'm just saying it has that round feature as yeah. that car kind of does. The one thing I'll say is um, I love the wheels. I think the three of us are in agreement with the wheels. Yep. I think they're super cool. I think a wide body on a on a G body like this is ace. Uh, I love the wing. Again, gives me like heavy RSR or RWB vibes, which I love. I think the three of us can all come to an agreement. The one thing, and I think this is. This isn't a, a knock at the builder. I think that this is just the way of the world. This is going to lose money uh, when it goes yes. up on the stand. One hundred percent. This is, you know, unfortunately, and that's it's not just this build specifically, but even other builds, right? Yes. Uh, it turns out when you put three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars into a car, it's actually really hard to convince somebody else that isn't in fact worth that. I mean, if I was a potential bidder for this car, I might even argue, hey, man, I've got to take into the consideration of what it's going to cost to remove 25 Porsche badges sure. uh, for my bids. So, if, if you're not doing a mainstream swap that's popular, 
you're eliminating the audience for this car. And sure. if they're not yeah. at this auction, they don't care. I mean, you're not going to make your money on it at the end of the day, which stinks. You made something cool. It's going to stick around. Someone's going to buy it. Someone's going to love it. It will recirculate through Bear Jackson next year. Right. And it will probably make less. <laughs> but still, I still appreciate that they put it together. Would you buy it? Uh, I don't think I'd buy it. 70K. Would you buy it? Okay, yes, for 70K, I would buy it. There you go. Yeah. See? I now, could sell all the Porsche badges and make most of my money back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I do, however, think it's going to go for more than 70. Yes. If yeah. I was to put a number on it, I would say the round number would be 150, is what it's going to yeah. sell for, would be my guess. At 150, I think it's still a steal. I trashed this car. You told me tomorrow if I had the money, would I buy it? Yeah, because I'm fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. If, if it was 150000 I would still have to buy a 997 GT3. I'm sorry. Sure. You know, part of me thinks about it just looking at this. I, I almost wonder if there's ballast in the front of the car <laughs> to make up for the ballast. That's, that's why the front that's, is gone. There are bricks it's up there. there. It's ballast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. So, anyways, we just need, we felt the need, we felt compelled to come back really quickly because this is, again, I saw it on social media. I, you know, I, shout out to Throttled Out, my my girl Annie, and a couple of other people shared this, and I was like, hold on, I need to take a look at this car. It's 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 a wicked build. It is wicked. Um, well done. It's well done. And anybody who has a problem with putting an LS or LT swap into a 911, sorry, you know what? Put a 911 engine into a Corvette. And I'll be, that'd be cool, you know? I believe it's a super common 996 swap as an LS motor. Yeah. Um, I believe it's actually, there's blueprints these days. You can go on and buy a, a, a swap kit, essentially. I, I believe Gas Monkey Garage was one of the first people to do an LS swap. Eh, maybe not one of them, yeah, but they did know. it. But, yeah, yeah it, it certainly exists. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of people that have since done it. Like I said, I think it's almost, not drop-in easily, obviously, yeah. but it, easy enough to where it's been popularized. For sure. Um, all right. Well, then there you go. And also, we didn't talk about that Humvee, that six by six Humvee over there. The quick thoughts on it, Preston. Uh, it's a radical build. I would not have put a Hellcat motor in it. I would have done a turbo diesel. That's just because Humvees and turbo diesels are like peanut butter and jelly. Sure. But I, uh, the amount of work and effort that went into that build is insane. That that kind of makes this Porsche look mundane. Which is crazy because the work into this thing is really insanity it's just this thing is an utter insane car but now jeff you and i we saw the humvee and we agreed that while cool it actually would have been just as cool with four wheels as opposed to six and then we kind of came to find out that that set of wheels in the middle doesn't really do anything but because we we kind of live in a world where uh i believe you were kind of saying like you need to make something as crazy as this to really gain attraction it makes sense why they would do it but what are your thoughts on it in a whole yeah so i mean obviously you have to build very extreme things the way a lot of people are describing it these days is almost like a car crash in order to make an impression um just in social media in terms of the builds i would say if you look over the years the average build that shows up at sema dollar amount keeps going up right um but that you know it is still a great build it would have been nice to see all four powered axles but i personally think it would have been even cooler like the mid-engine layout you are almost building a performance humvee at that point with everything that's been put into it right. and there's no doubt that it's a quality build when you look at the way everything's finished you look at the welds um very well done yeah. um but it, i guess it would have been nice to see a little bit a little bit more tame you know i think i made the comment when we were looking at it like where can you what how many garages can fit this type of vehicle like it's nice enough where it should be kept inside yeah. and yet where do you put it so it's going to take the right person i think to really appreciate that for what it is but it is well done fun I to agree. look at 
and, and once more, another car that unfortunately will lose money. But yeah. if you buy one, if you buy that, whoever, you know what? I pray to God that the same person that drives, that buys that Humvee buys this 911. I, they would be my freaking hero for life, bro. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it would be interesting to see, I don't know if it, maybe even the uh, the owners of the vehicles swapped, right? Yeah. You know what? I'm tired of my LS11, but oh boy, does this scratch the itch, this midget Hummer, and just swap cars. Nice. If they were put together, that would probably be one of the most intricate garages out there. I agree. With yeah. two vehicles, yeah. easily. So you, you went ahead and took it the lot number. Take a look at the lot number on this 911. What was it again? Uh, I 1796.1 is what I remember. I hope that's correct. If not, okay. it's in that rough area. Awesome. Well, then uh, that way people can go ahead and look at it online. You can go to BarrettJackson.com. Big shout out to Barrett Jackson. Got me media access. Got Preston media access. Got Jalopy Jeff some media access. So we're here, and uh, I think you know what? I think I'm going to put this uh, little clip out uh, early in the week of Barrett Jackson, so that way people can know what the hell we're talking about. But that being said, we're going to wrap this one up and then go ahead and continue to look at uh, other stuff. So catch you guys later. Bye. Alrighty, guys. It's Jorge again coming to you still live right here in Barrett, uh, here in Scottsdale. I have Krista from GSI. I believe it's GSI Fabrication out of Chandler. Krista, how are you? Hi, I'm good. <laughs> now, I'm sorry. I know that I just literally came up to you like five minutes ago, no, but cool. you have this like insane, these two insane trucks that are some of the craziest builds i've ever seen in like my 20 years of car phantom um so now you were telling me earlier that we have what you believe to be 68 to about 72 chevy c10s correct. is that right yep that's correct okay now with an lsx one twin turbo and the other one being single turbo yep. Right. yep they're both lsx crate engines uh one is twin turbo rear mounted turbos and the other one is a traditional single turbo uh, both over a thousand horsepower the twin turbo one's around 1200 um, and they're a lot of fun. Uh, f fun is a word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm over here. I'm hanging out with my buddy Jeff. Jeff and I are seeing the size of these rear tires, um, which might be the biggest rear tires I've ever seen on a car in my life. What size are those tires? So they're 24 by 15s. Okay. So the tire size is actually a 405. So it's, you know, around 16 inches wide. That a f I've never heard of a 400 plus tread wear tr oh, the yeah, tire. That's, that's utter insanity yeah. um I, you can sleep in them i was gonna say yeah the so on the black one which is the twin turbo yes. and i'm gonna go and i'll i'll have some pictures up on the instagram um you it, it's completely exposed um it, it's the craftsmanship is unbelievable um what i guess what's the time frame if somebody were to go ahead and ask for one of these builds um it really depends on the level and how far this the customer wants to go but these are years okay um most of them are anywhere from two to five years depending on how extensive sure. um just the frame alone was probably a two-year project just to get the chassis right um, which did include some of the turbo work and that but you know then you have the body work and everything that fits on top of it so they do take time what i'm trying I'm, I'm, I'm trying to still like fully wrap my head around this now you were saying it's a three-speed automatic um so uh, let's say anywhere between 11 to 1200 you said that this particular truck broke your dyno recently 1200 yeah so i do know that it can be tuned for more um but i it's about 1200 horsepower if you need more than 1200 horsepower like you're you're asking for a death wish um what's i don't even know if you would be able to run a quarter mile like without it wiggling and whatnot but like do you guys have a rough estimate of what this run in a quarter no haven't even gotten that far yet okay <laughs> no idea um now she'll be quick oh <laughs> no kidding um 
what like what was the concept what was the idea i mean because you know we live in an age that people love the street truck we're getting it kind of back because we went through a phase of we went from cool street trucks to now off-roading but i feel like it's kind of coming back so what was do you well if you don't mind walking us through what was the idea so i actually just do the chassis side of it um the the builds are done by a shop here called arizona high test and this is all the customer this was everything the customer had envisioned Um, his name is armando and he wanted something cool wicked wow factor and he definitely got it (laughs) for 405 it's the 405 section rear tires this was really has me unbelievably just blown away um if anybody were to be interested in ordering a crazy build like this what's the process um they would have to contact us we could get them started and get them a quote on you know sit down talk about the build process what they're interested in what their goals are how far they're wanting to go um you know do they already have a body do they need a body you know got to figure out where they stand in their build and then we just go from there as far as what they need and what they're going to need. Yeah. Um, and then we get a deposit and get going. Sure. Do you, and you guys actually, like if, if the customer were, want, were wanting for you guys to find their C10, you guys would be able to help with that? Um, yeah, I can help facilitate them to whoever is connected to whatever they need. Right. Yeah, I, I know just about everything from the chassis to the body to the motor. You know, every part of this, we know someone right. that can help us in getting those parts that you need. Nice. I saw you backing this in. Um, I, I don't even know if it's got power steering. Um, yeah. it, it does. Yeah. I, it, it, I mean, I heard you put it into reverse and it was like a thunk. And then it's just like, it just, it's, it's a race truck in the best yeah. way possible. Um, but do you find it relatively easy to drive or do you have to have like a real set of like, hmm. Um, you definitely have to know what you're doing. It's yeah. not something just an average person can jump in and For go. Sure. You have to have a little bit of a knowledge of what it is that you're under or on, I should say. Um, you know, it is air ride, so you have to know how to run the air management system, how to raise the truck up so you're not scraping across the ground. You do need to know a little bit about the race shifter. So um, it definitely takes some learning for sure. Okay. So it's not for the faint of heart. No. No, it, it's definitely not. I mean, it's sitting so low but honestly they both look and what's interesting is not just the fabrication not just the you know the exposed you know rear and whatnot but just you look in the interior especially the 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 gray one over here because obviously this black one uh there it's not done yet but like i looked inside and i was like whoa that's crazy but that one is and like the interior is delightful yeah it is so the interior is nice because you can find a local shop that'll customize you an interior or you can go through a company there's actually a few companies but one like tmi for example they make kits that you could buy a done beautifully upholstered kit and just bolt it in yourself so the cool part about these trucks is a lot of this stuff can be done in your garage and you can still get a cool build without much knowledge a lot of these guys like myself will help you like i'll guide you along something like this twin turbo truck is definitely someone who knows what they're doing as far as fabrication goes um but you could build like this this gray one is probably a truck build that most people could figure out how to do on their own the knowledge is out there i love it so for a preference um do you prefer the twin turbo setup or do you prefer single I actually am more of a supercharged oh, gal, okay. but nice. um, I mean, my personal truck is a 1965. It's just a straight uh, normal LS out of a Silverado. So don't have to have the crazy tur- the horsepower, but personally, if I me were to build a cool one, it'd be supercharged. Okay. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much for your time, Krista. Um, do you guys have an Instagram or anything like that that you guys can give out? I do. It's GSI Machine and Fabrication. 
Um, and we also have a YouTube too that we post a lot of our videos and a lot of these builds and you can follow along as we do cool stuff. I was going to say, I can't wait to go ahead and watch a video of this black one in particular because this is going to be something disgustingly gnarly. Yeah, the very, the very first dino video is up for sure. You can go check that out. <laughs> you guys broke it. I love it. Um, are any are either of these two? I know that you. The, does the same customer own both of these? Or no, they are separate customers. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and are either of them going up on the uh, to, on the Barrick Jackson auction? Or nope. They're, okay, they're just customer builds that we're just showcasing that our chassis. This is what can be done, sure. and within you know the realm of what you're looking for if you're looking for something cool and crazy that our chassis is the way to go because yeah. that's the result you're going to get absolutely no i i think it's it's magnificent both of these trucks are so cool i actually kind of like the unfinished interior right. because it's a race truck it, it, it really is and like if you're going to do that then uh who, who gives a can't who gives a hoot about like not being able to go ahead and put any uh groceries or in there right, you know what you can put it right in there yeah like right now this one's got one seat in it so you can't even have a passenger that's fine you don't need one of those either so <laughs> i'm not sure a passenger would want to go into one of these because oh, it's they would. i mean they would actually you're you're, <laughs> you're not wrong uh i think i need to go ahead and figure something out and be able to go ahead and get a chance to ride in one of these because right. it's absolutely wild but krista thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it yeah no problem awesome all right well go check out gsi fabrication right here in we're in scottsdale obviously but they're in chandler go check them out if you want something like this i highly recommend it because it's unbelievably cool and thank you so much for your time yeah no problem all right awesome